Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Hello and welcome to the Season 2 Summit for Gaze at the National Parks. I'm Mike. And I'm Dusty. So Dusty, tell us what the Summit is. So we do four episodes that we call our end of season Summit episodes. And they take a look at four different areas. And we put all of the parks that were featured in that season together to look at all of just those parks together from that lens. So some of the other categories that we'll be looking at include wildlife, histories, and hiking trails. But today's category is coming to the stage, visitorship. Visitorship. Let's start by refreshing the parks that we have talked about in season two. Yes. So we started season two in the beautiful state of Hawaii. It's true. God, what a beautiful place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so we started in Hawaii with Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, followed by Haleakala National Park. Mm-hmm. And then where did we go? We then traveled to Shenandoah in Virginia, which we had actually visited twice, and then to Kings Canyon and its next-door sister, Sequoia. Followed by, in Colorado, Black Canyon of the Gunnison. And then our Mediterranean Mamma Mia Wonderland Channel Islands. And then we ended our season back in Utah with Capitol Reef. Secrets. Best kept secret in Utah. It's true. Capitol Reef National Park. Everybody keep that quiet. Um, So yeah, so we have a few things that we're going to definitely dive into when it comes to visitorship. But one thing that we wanted to look at was what are parks numbers like? How many people visit? And also, what are the things that most people are going to those parks to see? What are the highlights? Um, Before we kind of dive a little deeper there. Um, So for Hawaii Volcanoes National Park in 2017... Uh, they had around 2.2 million visitors, but then in 2018, they only had 1.1 million visitors. That was because they had a volcanic eruption. Exactly. And yes. that's what happened. Yep. So that definitely stymied visitorship. They did say that visitorship is on the rise again. And some of the things that people go to Hawaii Volcanoes for uh, include the Chain of Craters Road, which is something that we drove down. The Thurston Lava Tube, which unfortunately, because of the eruption, was closed when we were there. And the Kilauea Iki Trail 
which was we did we did but it wasn't fully opened right because you can do that as the loop right now you can now you can yeah. and now it's back right and the loop is back open some other things that people go to hawaii volcanoes for are to see the magma they do though that is not real anymore no because <laughs> there is no active magma right inside of that volcano right they used to say like if you stay late at night after the sun sets right. you can actually see the glow of the magma and to just quickly refresh magma is what we usually call lava when it is inside of a volcano but when it comes out of the volcano and comes onto the ground it is called lava lava Great. So magma when it is inside of the earth, lava when it is on the earth. Right. Those are some of the highlights of Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. Let's talk about Haleakala. Oh my God, I love Haleakala National Park. Haleakala National Park, if you don't know, is literally the park, the mountain that is featured in the piece of mythology about Maui taming the sun. Mm-hmm. Then he had to climb all the way up to Haleakala, which means... House of the Sun. House of the Sun. That's to right. tame the sun so that... Um, it was not. He couldn't like throw a rope around it and bring it back so people could have it for their harvest. Right. And literally, when you drive up to Haleakala, you pass. You have to sing the song, You're Welcome. The yeah, you have way. to do that mm-hmm. the whole time. And then you pass the cloud line. Yeah. You literally drive so high up into the air that you threw the clouds. And yep. then you are like from the top looking down. You When the clouds move, you can see the rest of Maui. Maui. And the vast Pacific Ocean that yes, surrounds you all. <laughs> but um, for a while, you just see clouds. Right. Um, Haleakala gets about 1.45 million visitors each year. And some things that are very popular to do in Haleakala include, and this is something we did not do, um, but driving up and getting a ticket to see the sunrise. Yes. You do um, have to make a reservation mm-hmm. yep. to do it. It's rolled It's pretty cheap, though, and um, it's really easy to do it on their website. Right. Biking down, which we saw a ton of people biking down, which seems like terror because that is a steep Steep and long. Mm -hmm. And and biking up feels like torture to me. Yes. Yes. More so than like running up that feels like just a death wish. Yes. And the Sliding Sands Trail, which we did hike, which is a really long 13 mile trail um, that you basically are hiking through the inactive volcano which is incredible and then there's also the coastal unit of are you really? yeah hiking through an active volcano? inactive oh okay (laughs) great anyway go on um keep that in and then there's also the coastal unit of Haleakala National Park which you have to take the road to Hana to get to right road to Hana also worth driving right we did a little bit of that because we didn't have a lot of time. Right. But it was easier to be an early riser in Hawaii oh, because... girl, wasn't it? Right. We yeah. were just normally waking up at 5.30 a.m. Right. Being like, it's 5.30, we're awake, and we're showered, we're out, we're going, we're right. doing things. And then by 4 p.m., we were like, it's bedtime. Yeah. Like, it's time to go to bed. Like, yeah. there were times we were definitely in bed by 7 p.m. Yeah. Jet lag is real. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about our friend Shenandoah Deer. Shenandoah Deer. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, what a beautiful, like, north to south national park. Yeah. With um, some amazing hiking trails. Yes. Absolutely. And one of our amazing. closest to us, which is great. Um, Shenandoah gets about 1.42 million visitors each year. Um, some of those highlights include 
a lot of the things that we did, um, including Old Rag, um, White Oak Canyon Falls, which are two incredible hikes, Hawksbill Mountain, which I believe is one of the tallest mountains in the Appalachian Range Mm -hmm. and was recommended to us by the ranger that we talked to the next time we were there. And then there's Skyline Drive. If you want to see something beautiful, but you are not someone who likes to actually put yourself outside riding along skyline drive is a way to access shenandoah national park in a really beautiful way yeah it's incredible and you know to do hikes in shenandoah you don't have to do them from skyline drive but it does make it easier for you to get places and part of that project was because of the ccc that's right that's right so Shenandoah, a park that we will definitely return to some absolutely very shortly, I'm sure. Let's talk about Kings Canyon and Sequoia. They are typically managed and talked about together because they are right next door to each other. That's right. I often, and I did on the show, on those episodes, describe them as like a hand. Mm-hmm. Like if you were to hold up your right hand, all of your fingers represent Kings Canyon all of your, like the palm represents Sequoia and then your thumb also represents Kings Canyon because there's two areas of Kings Canyon that are not connected. Right. So that's And the I fingers are typically them. like the wilderness area. That's like the yeah, backcountry area. Yeah. Kings Canyon, they do monitor the different numbers of visitors that are received each year in those spaces. So for Kings Canyon, the park receives about 566,000 visitors each year. Some highlights in the park include Grants Grove, Driving Generals Highway, and Hume Lake, along with some of the backcountry areas. Um, Sequoia receives about 1.5 million each year, and that has to do definitely with the General Sherman tree. Morrow Rock is also another highlight to see, which is a terrifying hike that we both yeah, did. Yeah. Um, there's Tunnel Tree, which is a tree that you can actually drive through, which we didn't while we were there. Right. And then there is also Mount Whitney, Mount which Whitney is the is... tallest mountain in the lower 48. That's right. That's right. And, um, There's a way to do Mount Whitney in a day, but it takes all day. Right. We thought about doing that when we were there, but it was, there was still snow. There was still snow. And so it's like, no, you really should, if you want to do Mount Whitney in a day, you really should hire someone who knows how to do it. Right. And like hike with them. And do it in the summer. And do it in the summer. That's right. right. Yep. Let's now talk about Black Canyon of the Gunnison National Park over in Colorado. Black Canyon of the Gunnison receives about 308,000 visitors per year, which is, you know, it's not a hugely visited park compared to the other ones we've talked about in season two. Mm -mm. And generally speaking, but it is so worth going. Yes. Without a doubt. Don't let that stop you. And it's really like accessible. The mm-hmm. south side is great. You can do like a drive all along the south rim. Mm-hmm. And south then rim road. You can also go over to the north side when it's open. It wasn't open when we were there. Right. Some of the things that people show up to see are the painted wall, which has tons of striations of just like old sedimentary rock from millions of years ago literally you can see all the different like eras of you know time right on one wall it's about two empire state buildings tall i believe right Mm -hmm. well there's gunnison point Mm -hmm. which is that's the spot near the visitor center where you can like get that famous view Mm -hmm. there's warner point which is at the end of the road 
yep, um, when you Road. drive down and um, look and see the canyon from another angle. Because every time you move about 10 feet, you see something different. Because right. this canyon has so many different pockets to it. Right. And then there's the Tamichi route, which is the most direct route way like down to the canyon floor. It is a wilderness route that we did. Right. That seems pretty direct, but on the way back can get a little confusing. Right. There are also two other wilderness routes from the South Rim, including the Warner route and the Gunnison route, which launch from those respective points that we just talked about. That's right. Right. Um, then we have our beautiful Mamma Mia Mediterranean lifestyle of Channel Islands, which only gets about 366,000 visitors a year because it is just, you know, sitting off the coast of California. And I think a lot of people don't know about it as we were both surprised when we happened to have some extra time in California and were able to do it. It is well worth it. There are five islands that you one could visit to which the ferry go to. Some other things that you can do that the islands are very popular for aside from hiking include whale watching, tide pooling which is not eating tide pods um Uh kayaking and also camping yes um also uh there's a tiny almost extinct but now i think it's i think it's still considered endangered species right threatened threatened species now called the island fox and the island fox is alive and well on channel islands and Mm -hmm. it's this tiny little brownish gray fox and they're all over the place do not touch them because you should never touch wildlife but the thing about them is they will like walk right up to you and they don't have any problem walking up to you but do not bend down and pet them no do not there's a video of one of them that we took when i was filling up my water bottle on channel islands and this little fox just started coming right toward me and i just was like I'm not going to move and I'm going to let him be there. And like he hung out for a second and then he walked away. And I was like, because they tell you repeatedly, don't feed them. Right. Or any wild animal. Never feed wild animals. No. PSA. That doesn't help them. Mm-mm. And our last, but you know, one of our favorite parks Absolutely. is beautiful Capitol Reef with about 784,000 visitors each year. Some features of Capitol Reef National Park include the Water Pocket Fold, which is part of the reason that the park is preserved and is a national park, which is basically this giant fold of earth that happens to be right there in the park. There's the Hickman Natural Bridge, um, which is something we were across from when we came out of Cohab Canyon, but just didn't have the time to get to. Right. And then there's also the uh, Cassidy Arch, which is a natural feature that a lot of people hike out to on the the Cassidy Arch Trail, which is also connected to the Grand Wash Trail, another famous trail that people walk on all the time in Capitol Reef, as well as Chimney Rock, another feature that people walk out to. And also Capitol Reef is also known for its petroglyphs. Which, if you like seeing petroglyph drawings, writings, they have a ton that are preserved there. Right. So now that we have kind of a clearer view of what the park visitorship is like and some of the main features, let's kind of dig in a little bit and talk a little bit more about the parks. What were the visitor centers like for you? Which ones stood out? Which ones went above and beyond? And how was it to park? I feel like that's a question that we get a lot of the times. And especially now, you know, living in this COVID um, environment that we're living in and looking at parks like Zion, where parking is very difficult and typically is, you know, pandemic aside, 
those are two things that I feel like are things we are constantly questioned about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, regarding parking, I mean, since I travel with Nancy Early Reiser over yeah, that's here. that's right. Um, and your son just sleeping. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We have not... I don't ever in- recall encountering any parking problems right. in any of these parks in season two, mm-hmm. like really at all. There were always parking spots when we pulled up. Right. We were always getting there early though. Right. Like That's actually true. getting there early, not intending to get there early, like actually getting there early. Yeah. Not like saying we'll get there at seven and then getting there at nine, like right. really arriving at 7 a.m. Yes. Sister rule book has rules. Oh, I know. And no, no, no. And I'm not shading you for that for any reason. No, no. I'm saying that's why we always find parking. It's never an issue. No. I mean, you can't really talk about parking when it comes to Channel Islands because you're on a boat. No, (laughs) but the thing about that is that you're parking in a marina. Yep. Then you get on the boat from the uh, marina. But there's actually a lot of parking right there in the marina. Well, there was when we were there at 9 a.m. I do, I will say that Capitol Reef, we did encounter, you know, despite the fact that it seems like it's the best kept secret park, parking at the Grand Wash was tricky. It was very crowded, but I think that was only because we arrived a little later because we were driving five hours in from Black Canyon. So yeah, we didn't get there until like 10. Yeah. Yeah. So So there were some issues there. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of Capitol Reef, that's one of the first visitor centers that really jump out at me. I love a visitor center that is very educational. Mm -hmm. I like a visitor center that is inclusive of Native people education, Mm -hmm. also inclusive of wildlife ecosystems. I feel like I got all of those things at the Capitol Reef Visitor Center. Yeah. Similarly, I also feel like we got a lot of that at the Channel Islands Visitor oh Center. Oh my god, the Channel which Islands is one Visitor of the most Center, beautiful. which is on the mainland. It's in Ventura, where you're taking California, the f- where you're taking the ferry from, and they have like a tide pool in the Visitor Center. Mm-hmm. They had like all of these like native plants outside like mm-hmm. a beautiful garden it was just like coastal visitor center wonderland and it just felt like i just wanted to live my island life and it was really right. really beautifully curated and like just seemed very bright and picturesque and happy right 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 the other thing is that it's it's good to remember visitor centers are created for a lot of reasons, but it's sort of like a starting place when it comes to like, I want to know what to see here and I want to know what to explore yeah. here. And we use it as a resource in that way of all course. the time. Yeah. And so I I have started to sort of look and go like, okay, if, if a visitor center like is bigger, certainly, yes, they could have, you know, more funding to be able to create that. But I'm also thinking about like, they may need to provide more context here in this visitor center. Right. Versus like they may have been able to provide more context outside. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like in some parks really do that. Yeah. Like I feel like Sequoia did a really nice job of like keeping you informed along the way mm-hmm. when you were outside. Yeah. Um, whereas like their visitor center uh, was fairly small. Yeah. Um, but Same that thing was, for Kings and, Canyon. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, you're going to get informed while, you know, you're yeah. on your journey outside. Yeah. I think one that stands out for me because of the view that you had from it was Black Canyon. And it was mm-hmm. beautiful. And we also spent a ton of time in there. I feel like we were in and out a lot because yeah. 
we were curious about the North Rim and then we came back and we were like, well, what can we do the next day? And, and then we overheard the a conversation route. about the Tamichi route and we had to get our permits. So I and do then we feel had to go back and give the permit back. Right, I do feel like it was not only like well-constructed, beautiful, had all the views, but I do feel like it was in the people in the visitor center, not that the Rangers we've encountered at any other visitor center aren't just as helpful, but I did feel like they really did take the time to explain so much to us, especially when it came to that wilderness route. And speaking of visitor centers with views, Haleakala's visitor center, there were two that we encountered. One right when you like, you know, you drive up past the cloud line, you get into the park area mm-hmm. and you encounter one immediately up on your right. And then there's another one up at the summit. Mm-hmm. And the one at the summit, you look over this like inactive volcano that right. is just spectacular. Yeah. That you then get to venture inside of. It's true. I have learned, especially since traveling with you, and I love museums, but I have learned to take a breath a little bit and not get, you know, so anxious to rush right to the trails. And I do have to say a lot of these visitor centers were a great time to take that breath and also see what the park had to offer and to kind of be able to interpret the history through the exhibits that were set up, which I really appreciated for so many reasons going into the park then after. And we take that as the jumping off point for Mm -hmm. like looking at further writing about that area and further writing about the ecosystems, native tribes of that area. Right. So what did you find... Um, attendance was like in the park. How was it getting into the park? We have two parks here on this list where we tried hitchhiking (laughs) and it failed. And so like in Haleakala, in order to do the Sliding Sands Trail, you really have to leave your car at the parking lot down toward the bottom of the mountain. Right. And then you have to hitchhike your way up to the top of the summit. Right. We Did waited. it fail? We, well, it no, it didn't then. fail, yeah. but it just succeeded in a different way, in sure. an unexpected way, right. because we had friends. We met friends who also had a car yeah. who were want to do the same thing. So we sort of made it work, but um, we did make it work. Right. So that was a little bit like an unexpected challenge as far as we don't want to turn around and hike 13 miles back in the other direction. We physically can't in a day. Yeah. Right. So like that was a little complicated. Yeah. But there was like no one on that trail. Like yeah. in Haleakala, no. we encountered a couple of trail runners like once. And then that maybe scared the hell people. out of us because <laughs> they had like <laughs> their music blaring they like, did. in their personal like, you know. And Hawaii Volcanoes didn't have a ton of people either. No. I guess one of the busiest parks was probably, well, Old Rag was a fairly busy trail once we got up toward the top. Yep. There were quite a few people. And Sequoia had like people bustling around. Sure. Black Canyon of the Gunnison was sort of a little remote. And then we had a whole boat full of people right. going over to Channel, Channel Islands. Islands. did feel crowded because I do feel like you're on an island and that's really the only way to get there is with a boat full of people. And even getting to the island because people camp, people may have taken an earlier ferry. It did seem like it was fairly bustling. And even Capitol Reef, I felt, was pretty crowded. We were always with people on the trail for the most part. Even if they were not like directly with us, they were up ahead. The only time that that didn't happen was when we did Chimney Rock, but that was like, you know, nighttime sleepy hike for us. Overall, I don't feel like there was ever a time where I felt there are too many people here and I can't enjoy 
a enjoy this and like it's not quiet because that's some of the beauty of the national parks is being there and like hearing the natural sounds and you know being able to see it kind of like unencumbered and um, I never felt like that that was the case ever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I do feel like you know as far as difficulty you know getting to the park uh, you know if you're going to Hawaii Volcanoes or Haleakala, you know, you're taking a long plane flight one way or the other. Yeah, you Remember are. we got on like a tiny plane to go from Big we Island did. to Maui? We did. We, from Hawaii Volcanoes, from Big Island to right. Maui, we did take like a six person mm-hmm. plane. Yep. And, you know, the tickets were cheap. Mm-hmm. We ended up, I remember that day you were very excited because they bumped us to an earlier flight. Uh-huh. We had gotten there, you know, an hour and 45 minutes ahead of time. That's right. And they were like, oh, you didn't have to, that's really early. We were like, well, we thought we had to, and they were like, no, but there is the flight in 10 minutes. Do you want to get on that one? (laughs) And you were like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so, sister rule book, and just <laughs> it, it all came and back. Sister follows her rules. That's got right. on, got on <laughs> the plane. Right. Yeah. So I, you know, those were those were lengthy travels to get to ha- uh, Haleakala and then Hawaii volcanoes because you know there is that jet lag that you're in- encountering um, too. Yeah. But driving there was never driving when we got there like from the airport to Haleakala was like not a hard drive no I mean you gotta go up the mountain yeah but I mean it was very easy to find super easy Shenandoah you know is pretty easy and there's so many ways to get to hikes in Shenandoah that don't involve Skyline Drive the only thing about Shenandoah is that like Shenandoah is long yeah and there's only like three entry points onto Skyline Drive right and if you like, and you can get to hikes not on Skyline Drive. Right. Like you can take other roads yeah. to get there, right? Yeah. Like going around the park to come inside yep. versus through. In that way, like if you get on Skyline Drive, you're committing to being on there for a while. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as like Kings Canyon and Sequoia goes, like they're so close to each other. It's true. There was definitely like when we were there, depending on season, you know, there's always an issue of weather. So that was something we were constantly Mm -hmm. checking. So that's something to kind of like be aware of and ensure that, you know, you're going to be okay getting into the park because of the weather there. Black Canyon was easy too. I mean, we were in the canyon so many times we even went back at night and that was a little terrifying because we tried to see stars and that blew up in our face. Right. Things and, you can hear about on that episode. Yeah. And Channel Islands was, you know, get on that boat, girl. Get on the boat. And Capitol Reef, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, it's big, beautiful. open, beautiful <laughs> space, easy to drive into. Right. Right. All that stuff. Right. Um, what about towns? Was it like, how close were you? What did you feel proximity was like when it came to like civilization? Um, like around things. Sure, sure. Uh, Hawaii Volcanoes feels really far away from everything. Yeah. I mean, Big Island, Hawaii is... Uh, Massive. It's big. You get pockets of development areas of like stores and homes and mm-hmm. things like that. And like right near the airport, you have some stuff. And then I know there's more on the northern side and stuff like that. Right. But like Hawaii Volcanoes was far. Yeah, it was pretty remote. We had to, it took us like 45 minutes to drive there from where we were staying. Something like right. that. Almost an hour. It was like an hour to the, we were staying an hour between the airport and and the park. And the park, yeah. Right. Haleakala is all the way up the top of that mountain. So there's not really like a 
town, but it doesn't take long to drive down and then you're in town. Yeah, no. You know, and Maui isn't the biggest, but it's sprawling enough to have like multiple parts of that island and like different you can get a varied experience yeah. in like lots of different yeah. areas. Shenandoah, the communities are all pretty close. Like I didn't ever feel like, you know, it was that far, but it was like rolling country. Like yeah. you were like you would drive out of a community and then, you know, if you listen to that episode of Little Stony Man, you'll hear about how my battery died. And thankfully, it was not in the park. Um, right, right. And we were actually in like more of a bustling town at that point on our yeah. way to Washington, D.C. Um, Kings Canyon and Sequoia are like they are, you know, two of the prongs on the fork from Fresno in right. order to get to a national park. The other being Yosemite. And they're not really close to towns. Little, like, probably, like, seasonal, like, um, like park towns. Well, but nothing that big. I remember on the way to Yosemite, but I don't remember those on the way to Sequoia or Kings Canyon. Like, I, I really right. don't. Yeah. Because you, di- you took a road in a different direction. You're right. You're right. So I don't remember those on the way. I remember, like, the first thing we were really going to get to was back to Fresno. Yeah. As far as Black Canyon and the Gunnison. Right right near, right near Mount Rose, Colorado. Mount Rose, Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is wonderful. And yeah. there's like. It's great. That is like a small, it has a downtown. Yeah. And it's got, you know, great, lovely restaurants mm-hmm. and breweries. Breweries, right? yeah. Um, Channel Islands is obviously near Ventura, California. So but otherwise you're, you know, other, <laughs> otherwise you're on an Island yeah. and that's just that Capitol reef has one small town nearby called Tory. Yeah. Um, which Capitol reef is a North to South national park and Tory is on the West side. And you take the main road through the Fruta section of I-24. Capitol I-24 mm-hmm. and then that'll bring you right into Tory, which I wouldn't call it bustling, but right. I would say there's definitely that civilization. Yeah. You've got, you know, some hotels and, you know, some restaurants and like a general store yeah. and around there. Yeah. What's accessibility like for those who may be differently abled and hiking the parks, getting into the parks? Like, were there trails that you felt like were accessible for people? Um, and maybe even just like people that had kids that needed to have strollers, um, you know, or sure. people that were maybe elderly that, you know, couldn't walk on like a very craggy trail. Sure. We tend to like to do challenging hikes that involve a lot of uphill, but I feel like you can absolutely access basically all of these parks um, without necessarily like hiking them. Mm -hmm. Let's start with Hawaii volcanoes. Hawaii volcanoes, other than like going into a crater, it's pretty flat and you're up on like the rim of a crater and you can get pretty close and see all the things you need to see right near the visitor center in Hawaii volcanoes. They have a sulfur pits, the sulfur pit or the steam vents right there. Mm -hmm. That That was like a boardwalk trail, which is that's, that's accessible certainly mm-hmm. right there um there's also the chain of craters um drive, road which, which is great and that's something you can definitely stop and get out at certain you points see an mm-hmm. amazing view the entire time mm-hmm. right and then haleakala you could certainly do some of the beginning of the sliding sands trail right like from the summit right. i would say like you know if you get to like essentially the bottom of the crater 
and turning around, yeah, you're going to be going uphill the whole time. Yeah. So that's tough. But if you wanted to like go out a little bit and come back, you know, yeah, you certainly I think even just being that. able to see that view from up top is really incredible. Yes. So like if you can't hike something, but you're really in it for the experience of the view, or maybe you're just going up for the sunrise to see sunrise, I think that would be quite enough. And driving, right. if you're driving the road to Hana, and then getting to the coastal unit, which oh. is something we didn't get to fully do. We didn't do. get to the coastal unit. We didn't get yeah. to the coastal unit. Um, that is something that I feel like is also well worth it because there's so much scenery to see along the way. Yeah. yeah. Shenandoah is known for Skyline Drive and right. is something they're like, well, if you haven't done that yet, you need to do that first. Right. You can see everything that is preserved in Shenandoah from Skyline Drive. Right. So I would definitely say that. I would say the hikes in Shenandoah tend to be almost entirely uphill. Yeah. Um, or incline, yeah. craggy. There's the ones at least we've experienced. Yeah. 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 Um, um, Kings Canyon and Sequoia have a bunch of smaller, like they have smaller hikes and you're often just walking out to a tree and coming back. Right. Um, Grants Grove area and Kings Canyon. Those is, I feel are those paths. Those paths are pretty easy. Yeah, um, pretty flat. And same thing with Sequoia to get to the General Sherman tree. There's two parking. Well, there's the upper parking area, and then you can kind of like wind down on a path, and you can see a lot of trees there that are kind of like on a macadam, like a paved walk mm -hmm. and then you can take I don't know I think it's seasonal there's a shuttle that you can take yeah. back up to that parking area up at the top obviously I don't know if that's running now especially because of COVID but um, that was that definitely added to some accessibility I also thought like the Congress Trail which we were on for a long not time not too bad it wasn't too bad um, even going out to Morrow Rock um, because you can walk along the road that whole way out to Morrow Rock yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say you can get the you can see the view that like Moro Rock affords you mm -hmm. without hiking Moro Rock. Yep. Like it's literally like right next to it. Mm -hmm. So it's worth driving out there to mm -hmm. you know driving to that section to see that view. Yep. Cuz like talk about just vast canyon right. valley like right. It feels like you are in the stuff of dreams. So I would definitely recommend doing right. that. Also, Giant Tree Museum. I forgot about oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. Visitor Center. For vis yes. Yeah. That was oh, that one's that also my great. Mind. Mm -hmm. um, For Black Canyon, you have that South Rim Road where you get. Right. That is great because what's the majority of what South Rim Road is, is you drive and then you park and then you get out and you walk, I don't know, 500 feet to some point yeah. and then you can look out and take photos yeah some of those are balconied and like a little bit more paved some are a little like off-road hikey like yeah, out like dirt trails. but it wasn't anything too tough and then when you get to warner point that is like a proper trail that right. you could do you know um I do think that national parks know that people like to come there and hike trails mm -hmm. and like get on trails. So they do try to make trails available for those people. Yeah. Um, so like Warner point is one of those. Mm -hmm. And then near the visitor center, there are some other trails that sort of like give you a taste of what it's like to be in the Canyon. There's some that go around uh, across the parking lot and like right. all that, which are basically flat the mm -hmm. whole time that are pretty easy. Yep. And then there's like one by the visitor center in black Canyon that 
uh, is considered strenuous, but um, I certainly wouldn't recommend doing a like a wilderness route that isn't maintained. Right. But what's great is they have, well, it was closed when we were there, two cars, but they have a road that you could take that goes all the way down into the canyon. Mm-hmm. And so East that portal road, was that it? I believe so. Yeah. And that road, if it's open, you could, if you wanted to like get to the base of the canyon, that's the way you could go. Yeah. Um, Channel Islands, I would say it may be a little tricky. Like you could get to the island for sure, mm-hmm. but those those hikes, um, right they when get you, a little steep. They get a little steep, like and immediately. There's when you land at the one, like it's definitely it's definitely worth doing. And you could certainly just like hang out at the beach and hang out in that area. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At like the ranch, Scorpion Ranch, Scorpion Ranch, and sort of walk around. And they have like you know the the different you know, exhibits there Mm -hmm. that you could enjoy and um, learn and like see the foxes. And, you know, there's some flat area right there in Scorpion Ranch Mm -hmm. that you can explore without like going up hills. But if you can do incline, like the incline on Channel Islands is really not that bad. Mm. Um, The incline in Shenandoah is significant, (laughs) but the incline in... Channel Islands is like it's rolling hills so if like walking up some rolling hills is something you want to do and are able to do and care to do then there's you know that option Mm -hmm. in Capitol Reef um, I think probably the best hikes to do would be the Grand Wash Grand Wash which is flat the whole way and really wide yeah and even though we didn't do them because I think it's uh, a boardwalk is the petroglyphs oh yeah definitely so I think those would be probably your your best bets also Um, Driving, right? There's so much to drive and see. It's true. Reef. Yeah, it's definitely like uh, I can drive out and like you know maybe park my car on the side over here for a second and like get out and look around and like you know mm-hmm. come back, go back to the car and keep going and try another spot. Yeah. Um, and lastly, which park seemed to be the busiest to you, and which park seemed to be the quietest? Um, I know we talked numbers before, but. That doesn't necessarily mean that we didn't have a busier day or a quieter day when we were in a park based off of our experiences. So what did you find to be like a very busy situation versus a very Um, quiet situation? You know, the busiest parks to me that jump out immediately on this list are Hawaii volcanoes after 10 a.m. Right. Um, Sequoia after 10 a.m. Um, Channel Islands because of the boat and Capitol Reef was yeah. pretty bustling yeah. the whole time. Yeah. I mean, it didn't feel like, and you know, it didn't feel like a uh, Disney world no. kind of just packed no. all the time, but it you definitely did see the most people in those parks. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. The quieter parks. I mean, Haleakala was pretty quiet Yeah, and Shenandoah felt pretty quiet to me just because I think it's like, Shenandoah is a park that you don't sort of go to a centralized location to begin your access point. Right. It's just so big right. that you can come in at any moment and you make, you just, you know, make some choices about where you're going to go. I think our busiest hike there was White Oak Canyon Falls. That's yeah, the one that where I a felt like hooks, when we were yeah. coming back down is when we, cause, but we were there early. So we, we hiked pretty early. quietly. Yeah. Um, Black yeah. Canyon had some folks around. But, like, it feels so in the middle of nowhere. Right. 
And then at night, it was very quiet. <laughs> it was it very, was very quiet. Very, very quiet. Now that we've talked about all our parks, we have to introduce our bonus queen. Yeah, we're going to do a bonus queen. We always do a bonus queen when it comes to our summit, summit episodes. episodes. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. Inspired by Channel Islands mm-hmm. National Park. Marina Parking. Marina Parking. Marina Parking. Who's Marina Parking, Dusty? I added this you came to the list recently. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw it on a sign. Oh, well. And that was where it came from. <laughs> oh, Marina Parking is, to me, I feel like she's nautical, but only in color. Okay. I feel like she's a, um, I feel like she is in charge, and I feel like she is just like a fierce glamazon queen. Mm-hmm. You know, like tall, glamorous. Gorgeous. I mean, Paul is now considered (laughs) a glamazon, but I feel like her signature colors are that like aqua turquoise Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. I Um, mean, maybe a seashell like moment or accessory here and there. Right. But I don't think she's like overly nautical by any means. Okay. Um, I do feel like maybe she sings a part of your world because like, sure. How could you not? How could you not? Right. 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 Or she sings walking on sunshine or she lip syncs to that song that that I hear that working too. Walking on sunshine to part of your world somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow like a mix up of both Mm -hmm. of them. What's her signature cocktail? Um, it's probably sex on the beach. Yeah, probably sex on the beach. I think that's probably a good idea. I mean, I think we're going to lean into that for sure. Yeah. What is her, like, what sort of outfits does she wear? Like, see, I think she would do, like, a like a gorgeous, like, like, she could do, like, this beautiful, elegant, like, ball gown that is, like, gold. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the trim, like, on the inside is, like, some sort of aqua. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, her right. signature color is... I don't think she can be overt with it and wonderful, right. but she can also be very subtle and restrained. Right. With it. For some reason, I s- picture her in a jumpsuit that then transitions into a ball gown. Love that. Because oh, I always love a good <laughs> transition. I just feel like Marina parking. She feels like not a parking attendant by any means, Mm-mm. but like some, someone who's deeply into cars and like, and mm. is like, a car culture girl. She's not the parking attendant, but she is the entertainment while you're like in the parking lot. Oh, got it. While you're waiting for your car. Right. While you're waiting for the valet. Got it. Great. So ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage Marina parking. Now let's end this summit episode with a game. Great. So unlike our typical um, games, which are Jeopardy at the end of each of our episodes, these games that we play at the end of our summit episodes tend to be straight trivia and typically trivia about the parks um, and about the lens from which we are viewing the parks um, with N for that particular episode. So we're talking about visitorship. So these are all facts about, and this time I stuck true to the parks that we dealt with this season, um, parks that we have seen this season. So I'm going to ask you, I've got a um, five questions and then I have a four question lightning round. I'm ready. Are you ready? ready. Great. And some of these are multiple choice. Okay. Hawaii volcanoes in Haleakala National Park were originally joined as one national park. Hawaii National Park. What year did they split into two separate parks? Was it A, 1940, B, 1950, or C, 1960? 
I'm going to say 1960. That's correct. Okay. There you go. When in doubt, choose C. Um, Question two. This president visited Skyline Drive in in this national park within his first 100 days in office. He returned later to dedicate the opening of the park in 1936. Named the president and the park. Well, it's Shenandoah. Mm -hmm. And... Oh, God. Who was president in 1936? Was it Harry Truman? Was it... FDR. That's right. Okay. It was FDR. Right. FDR and his new deal. The cherry trees on the National Mall were a gift of friendship from this nation in 1912. Oh, because we did go to the National Mall this uh-huh. year. Yep. Oh. By nation, do you mean like, is this the tribal nation? Nope. Okay. What is Japan? That's correct. Okay. Of all the national parks that we have visited this season, this is the least visited in this state and one of the least visited overall. Is it Black Canyon in Colorado? That is correct. Okay, so here's our lightning round. I'm ready. So I set this up like Grant's Grove, um, which is the original name of Kings Canyon National Park and Mm -hmm. one of the areas that still occupies the park, which is where you can see the General Grant tree. Um, So what I've imagined is... um, because Grants Grove is illiterate, an alliteration, I'm going to give you a clue, and you need to give me the president and then the alliterative oh <laughs> landmass, because I love to torture you. The Potomac, if it was renamed for this World War II general nicknamed Ike and was a much smaller stream, perhaps running towards a bigger river. Is it Eisenhower... Um, Tributary? Not tributary. It's a alliterative. So it's going to be an E. Eisenhower estuary. That's correct. Ooh, Very I good. I can't believe I remembered Pull that word. that out. I've heard you use that word before, which is why I remember <laughs> it. At. The New Jersey Pine Barrens, if they were renamed for this first general. The Washington Woods. That's correct. Okay. Look at you. You are on fire. The Appalachian Mountains, if they were renamed as these much smaller, oftentimes less craggy than mountain landforms, with this president who died in office within his first month. Is it Harrison Hills? That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You're killing it. All right. It's funny because listening, I listened to our first summit mm-hmm. like a little while ago, and I definitely didn't set you up for success, but you are you just know what? It's on okay. fire right. today. Great. Okay. And here's the last one. It's hard. Okay, I'm ready. Um, <laughs> if the Hawaiian island chain was renamed in an alliterative fashion after this president who took office after James Garfield was assassinated. Is it Polk? Is no, that the president? It's not that. Is it? Yeah, I don't. He's I don't also know. a legendary king of England. George? No. Legendary. Like in stories. Arthur? Mm hmm. Chester A. Arthur. Oh, he died a month in office? No, <laughs> he replaced James Garfield. Oh, who died a month in office? Okay. No, he was assassinated. He was four months in. <laughs> oh, he was four months in. Okay, yeah. great. Okay, Arthur. 
Arthur Archipelago. That's right. Look at you remembering that word that I tortured you with so long ago. There we go. You did so, so well. And I'm so proud of you. Those were great clues. Thank you. I do what I can to write good clues. Yes, you do. You're exceptional, Sister Rulebuck. This has been the Season 2 Summit by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. And to find out more about the parks mentioned in Season 2, visit our website, gazeatthenationalparks.com. All original artwork featured on our website and on Instagram is by Michael Ryan. All original music was written by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman, Mariella Klinger, and Sean Sklios. Our music producer is Skylar Fordgang. Stay tuned for our following Summit episodes on wildlife, histories, and hiking trails. (laughs) 